So I'm here with Jerry Bates, and we're about to do session five of the Glory of God series, and we're going to be talking about three attributes in our next three sessions together that are uh, the non-communicable attributes. And uh, maybe, Jerry, why don't you just start with explaining, you know, some of the other attributes we've covered are non-communicable as well. What does a non-communicable attribute of God mean? Okay, well, there's um, many ways, I suppose, uh, to break down the attributes of God, you know, to categorize them if that's possible. And a very common way of doing it is to divide them into non-communicable attributes and communicable attributes. And what we've been looking at up to now are non-communicable attributes, and the next three we're going to look at are also non-communicable attributes. What that means is that those are limited to God. There's no aspect of those attributes that can be found in human beings or in any creature. So, for example, God is eternal. Nobody else is eternal. Uh, We're immortal, Mm -hmm. uh, but God is not simply immortal. He's eternal. We have a beginning. He has no beginning and no end. And none, none of his creatures are that way. We, we all have a beginning. What we're going to talk about today, too, like uh, omnipresence, omniscience, uh, only God is omnipresent. Nobody can ever be omnipresent. That's mm-hmm. not an attribute that is shared with us. Now, sometimes I want to be as a parent. I do want to be <laughs> omnipresent sometimes just to be ever at words, but no. I've well, never if it makes you it. feel any better, I think my mother was. <laughs> it did feel that way at times growing up. Well, why don't you kind of share what what does omnipresence mean when God says he's omnipresent? Well, let me say quickly that communicable uh, attributes are those that are shared, can be shared with Mm -hmm. human beings, holiness, love, that kind of thing. But yeah, to get into omnipresence, um, uh, this is one that we really have a hard time getting our brains around. Uh, Omnipresence, to say that God is omnipresent means that he is present everywhere at the same time, uh, and you know, that's just not something that in mm-hmm. our finite minds uh, we can get a handle on very well. But Scripture is very clear in revealing that God is omnipresent. If you look, for example, at Psalm 139, uh, verses 7 through 12, uh, I think the psalmist David in this case says, where can I go from your spirit? You know, mm-hmm. If I go up... If I go down into the remotest part of the sea, there you are. If I go up above the clouds, there you are. If, mm-hmm. I, uh, if I go into Sheol, there you are. In other words, God, God is everywhere. David is acknowledging the omnipresence of God. Um, another one that would do that would be Jeremiah twenty three twenty seven. God speaking there through to Jeremiah. And Paul's speaking to the Areopagus in Athens and Acts 17:28, he tells them uh, of God's omnipresence. Uh, but, and this is another reason why he's omnipresent, and it's again difficult for us to get a handle on it, because number one, he does not have size, mm-hmm. nor does he have spatial dimensions. Uh, he's spirit. Mm-hmm. John uh, 4:24, Jesus says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. But when we say he's omnipresent, he is within his creation. He is present at every point 
uh, in space with his whole being, yet he can act differently in different places. Uh, and that's, that's another one that's kind of difficult to get around. To me, let, let me, let me try to be more specific if that's possible. Um, God, all of God is present mm-hmm. everywhere, but he's separate from and independent of his creation. And one analogy, and these types of analogies fail, but one analogy that sometimes is used is if uh, a sponge filled with water, okay? The water permeates the entire sponge. If the sponge is, let's say, the creation, Mm -hmm. uh, the water permeates the sponge, but there is no merger of the two. The water still remains totally separate from the sponge. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sort of an analogy that sometimes people use to try to explain that. Um, Also, he's not contained within the creation, and he's not contained... Uh, anywhere else, and he cannot be contained uh, in anything. And, you know, having used mm-hmm. the water sponge idea, that's almost contradictory to what I'm saying because, well, isn't the water contained in the sponge? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an attempt to explain omnipresence, but analogies always fail. Uh, also, the fact that he can't be, he's not contained in anything, and that nothing can contain him. Uh, this is totally contrary to pantheism, which basically teaches that God is present in everything. Uh, you know, He's not uh, present in things. I read a book one time where the, uh, it was actually a Christian book, and the guy was talking about sitting in a chair, and he was talking to the guy next to him. And he said, well, for example, God is present in this chair. Mm-hmm. No, that's totally wrong. That's pantheism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so I'm reading a Christian book, and a guy is making a... St- I don't think he realizes what he's saying, uh, but he's making a statement that would be consistent with pantheism. Uh, another thing uh, is that God is also present uh, to do different things in different places. And in other words, he can, he's present to... He can punish or sustain or bless uh, wherever he is at the particular location that he is. Uh, Amos 9, 1, 4 says that God uh, is present in hell mm-hmm. to punish. Uh, in other words, if a person is in hell, they are not outside of the presence of God. He, he's there too. Um, Colossians 1, 17 talks about him sustaining the universe by the word of his power. You get into that again, you talk about omnipotence. And then Psalm 16, uh, his presence is to bless uh David finishes that psalm. It's one of my favorite verses, about verse 10. says, For there is joy in your presence forevermore and, and pleasures at your right hand. You know? So in his presence there is blessing to be in his presence. So I think that's the great question, is if God is on the present, which he is, mm-hmm. um, we hear people, I mean, Gary says all the time, you know, we want to create meetings that God wants to come to. Okay. You know, and we, we talk about verses like there's, you know, where two or more are gathered in his name that I'm there in their midst. So what is the difference between God being present in the omnipresent sense and God manifesting in a, in a situation or in a particular okay. place? Well, you just used the word that fits it, uh, God manifesting in a particular place. 
because even though he's present, there is also a he has a what's called a manifest present. He might have a manifest present at a particular location. That is, in other words, the the obvious open evidence that he's there. Mm-hmm. Um, um, good in heaven is always his manifest presence is always in heaven. Mm-hmm. You're going to be aware of his presence when he's omnipresent. He's all around us. Uh, we don't necessarily tend to think of it, but of him being around you, you mm-hmm. have to kind of consciously recognize that God is present. Um, but when there is his manifest presence, everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. Uh, best example of it is Pentecost. I was thinking the tongues of fire, yeah. there's wind yeah. going through, you've got all these apostles doing things they've never done before, speaking in languages. Right, and notice too that it, the the realization of his manifest presence at Pentecost is not limited to the apostles or the 120 in the mm-hmm. room. The people in Jerusalem heard the noise, you know, heard the mighty rushing wind, and they saw, they heard that, and that caused them to come to the upper room in that area where the apostles then came out speaking in tongues that were known tongues in their languages. So everybody was aware of the manifest presence of God. Uh, If the Roman Senate was meeting in Rome at the same time, Mm -hmm. uh, and they probably were, God was present there too, but he wasn't manifest there. They didn't realize that. They didn't recognize his presence. But down through the centuries, uh, not only... You know, not only Old Testament but New Testament. Mm-hmm. God has chosen to make His manifest presence known. Uh, revivals are great chances to see them. See examples. The manifest presence of God. Yeah. Um, so when we see that verse, you know, where two or more gather my name, I'm there in their midst. Mm-hmm. He's He's there already in an omnipresent sense. But we want him to manifest and answer that prayer. And there's something with agreeing with a brother in Christ that the, that causes God to manifest in a different way than if you're praying by yourself. Is that a good way to think of it? Well, yeah, I think Jesus uh, is suggesting that. Um, You may not, whether it's two or three gathered in his name, you may not experience a manifestation of his presence. You might, Mm -hmm. but you may not experience it like they did at Pentecost. Uh, But nonetheless, he is saying, I am in your presence, and it's a unique presence because he is... He is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is there in communion with you, and I would say that when you pray and there is an answer to that prayer, that's a man, perhaps an example of his manifest presence. You know, this great um, Methodist missionary, um, E. Stanley Jones. I, I really like to quote him on God's omnipresence because he says that um, if you were to physically extend your hand to reach out to touch God, you would have reached too far. Hmm. Uh, he's, he's closer than the extent of your hand hmm. because he's really surrounding you. I, I don't think we understand um, that heaven is really all around us in a sense. You know, it's another dimension. Uh, it's not necessarily up. Um, I suspect that, and this, I'm just speculating, mm-hmm. you know, there's no biblical basis for the statements I'm making. <laughs> I suspect one reason is that heaven is really around us. I mean, mm. you really are. Death is really, a, for the believer, is really stepping through an, an open door. Mm. Um, 
omnipresence for an unbeliever, I would think, if they understand that, would be terrifying. Well, I know, I know growing up, you know, I, I, I grew up in the Bible church. I heard this term. And my initial thought, because I love Star Wars, was the Force. You know, and that oh, yeah. was my initial thing. Okay, so God's kind of like the Force. He's everywhere. Um, but I, as I grew in the faith, I, I began to realize that, you know, this is more of a, a personal presence. The Force was kind of this impersonal energy. And God is present in a personal way with mm-hmm. with himself and not just a thing you mentioned pantheism for. It's not just a, a thing that floats around our universe. Yeah, that's true. And even when the Bible is talking about God as being far away, mm-hmm. it's not. Uh, it's really saying that God is not present to bless. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaiah fifty nine one and two. God says, uh, "For my um, ear is not so short that I cannot hear, or my mm-hmm. hand so short that I cannot save." But your sins and your iniquities have separated you from me. Hmm. So only in that sense is God far away. Far away in the sense that sins keep us from actually entering into that communion that he wants to have with us. But he can't while we're in that position. So, But is he around us? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it limits his ability to to manifest. So that's that's comforting. There's no place we can go to be out of God's presence. And and that, that is a real comfort because... You know, there's times where we feel lonely. There's times where we, you know, are like, man, you know, where is God right now? And to realize that he is promised and part of his character is he's right there. He's a God that's near, that can hear and respond. That's that's a comforting attribute of God to me. Well, when the, yeah, and when the uh, psalmist says in Psalm 42, as the deer pants for water, so my soul pants for you. And the the Hebrew word there for soul really means the totality of your being inside and outside. And I think our souls really pant for the that manifest presence you're talking mm-hmm. about. You know, I think that's what we, that's what we long, long for. for. Yeah. Amen.